0: In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Well, he has trouble with the spin, and the ball
1: is free. It's picked
2: up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts-Jackson, and he scores
0: on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, here with me. is now in hour number two live from the world famous superbook here at the Westgate las vegas tc martin marco d'angelo in the house i want to thank john murray the executive director of the superbook joined us explaining a lot of these crazy scenarios especially from a betting standpoint and uh what's going to happen here with future tickets and a whole lot more very interesting stuff marco It's interesting and kudos to
1: John answering the tough questions because it's not going to be a fun week for them because there's there's going to be people that are going to have bets canceled that were winning bets and there's going to be people that have losing bets that are going to get refunds, but those people aren't going to you know, they're not going to step up like you say. they'll just take that money and, and be happy but it's it's a no-win situation for the books. And right? of course,
0: yeah, with uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati not playing uh, a full schedule of 17 games uh, the craziness on the sportsbook side, a lot of bets will, will get refunded with, with future bets, division bets, all that sort of thing, and and Of course, now the NFL is scrambling as the NFL owners approved a plan with adjustments for the AFC playoffs. So uh, now instead of having home field advantage, possibly for Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati, uh, this is going to come down to neutral site games, and there is a good opportunity that you could have an AFC championship game here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, really doesn't do much for proximity with those three teams, but you got perfect conditions, and it is Las Vegas. The NFL has not made any concrete announcement on where neutral site games will be, and again, they won't announce that for a couple of weeks down the road until you know you see who is going to uh, to be in this game. But uh, again, because of the situation with uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo not playing that game last week, uh, all of a sudden now you've got. Uh, things coming down to the number of losses and not win percentage which it normally has been and like John Murray said, first time since 1935 that not all teams in the National Football League have played the same amount of games.
1: It's uh, again, it's a week (laughs) that we've never had before and hopefully we never have again Uh, and John mentioned, you know, with all the different rules at the contest, I mean there's contests all over town and again, it goes to goes to house rules and if you end up losing by a point or a half a point in one of those contests it's going to be it's going to be a tough oh, yeah. one to and take yeah
0: and every year the people complain about you know oh, i got to push on this and that whatever but again yeah, from, from that contest standpoint craziness but again just from the nfl standpoint again you got to feel bad if you're any of these teams kansas city buffalo cincinnati because you know you fight hard to get number one seed number two seed And you could not, you know, if you're number one seed, you might not be hosting the championship game in your home stadium in front of your home crowd. So we'll see how this all plays out. But we've got week 18 on tap here. And, of course, the college football national championship game. We'll talk about that uh, this hour as well, too. TCU and Georgia. And, of course, our best bets coming your way. We're giving you an opinion, a pick on the championship game, side or total, TC or Georgia. And then, of course, like usual, our three best NFL plays. That comes at the bottom of the hour. But right now, our good friend, the quarterback, Steve Berline, joins us now. Of course, the guy's been in the league for, oh, what, 17 years. Mm-hmm. CBS Sports, fantastic job. And, of course, he can eat, uh, he can eat chicken with the best of them. My guy, Steve Berline, the pride of Notre Dame. What's going on, brother? TC. Okay. What do you say, man? I tell you, Steve, you know, we're over here at the Westgate and I know you've never visited me over here at the Westgate, but I'm going to get you out of here because I'm telling you, the Westgate has some fantastic food options. I'm telling you right now, I, I wait, what is that? What is that? Wait, I hear Berlin firing up the car right now. <laughs> He's ready to get in the car and head down to the Westgate. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, first, First off, I do y- your opinion does matter to me, but not quite that much. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> wow! Wow! I, mean, I have I'm, not I have not started up the engine yet. No, uh, okay. so I, I need a little more a imp- little more information.
0: Oh, uh, we'll give you the intel. Yeah, and I didn't mean you know you need to you know to to race down here right away. Even though I mean, come on, not, you know, coming to Las Vegas is uh, you know it's a. It's a pretty, uh, you know, pretty easy trip for, for you to make if most people would want to make yeah. it. But you're right. Yeah. No, we're, we're not going anywhere here, brother. We're here year-round. So uh, the ne- the next trip, uh, you know, we're taking care of you over here at the Westgate.
2: Love it. All I right. love it. Sounds great.
0: All right, brother. So let's uh, start talking a little college national championship game here Monday night. I want your take. Uh, we know what we saw on Saturday. Last Saturday was van- two fantastic football games, if you like offense. But we really didn't see the best of the Georgia Bulldogs. But despite that, Bookmakers have put up a very high number, a 13 point spread, now down to 12 and a half. Uh, a lot of people, Steve, still not believing in TCU. What are your thoughts about this game Monday night?
2: well i think uh according to the 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 text that you sent me earlier, we were trying to confirm the 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 the, the time today you said it's twelve and a half is that right
0: yeah yeah George's twelve and a half yeah. was well, thirteen
2: yeah i yeah i just I, I even even for college i think that seems awful high especially for a game of this magnitude and then you know the um the the the, the way that t c u was able to score um, against Michigan, obviously now you know two of the touchdowns were pick sixes. So uh, offensively, um, you know TCU did not score um, uh, enough to technically to beat Michigan. But um, I just think in a, in a game of, of that magn of this magnitude, with uh, you know kind of a team of destiny, kind of a mentality that, that TCU has and they're playing with, uh, I think that's a lot. Um, I, I really feel good about Georgia winning the game uh but i but i i could see um you know winning the game comfortably but i could see TCU scoring uh late to pull within that 12 and a half points i i would have a hard time laying 12 and a half uh in taking georgia that's just my my gut i i just i would have a really hard time doing that night i think it's going to be an entertaining game a fun game i uh, i don't think there's any doubt that on paper, Georgia is the better team. Um, and in, in TCU would need to have another superhuman Herculean type of an effort, uh, and get a few breaks, whether it's special teams or turnovers, that kind of stuff, uh, to win the game. And I don't see Steph and Bennett making those kind of mistakes, but, uh, I still would have a hard time. Given 12 and a half, and, and feeling really good about that.
0: Steve Berline joins us. Uh, keep it in kind of in the college mode here. And we talked about TCU uh, beating Michigan last week, where they just really. Beat down Michigan. They're they're the more physical team, and now you know Jim Harbaugh. His name is being mentioned about potentially returning to the NFL to one of your stomping grounds. And I know you are still very very close to that Carolina Panthers situation. There, you of course being uh, one of the great Carolina Panthers of all time, as we know. What are your thoughts here, man? When you hear that. That ownership is talking to Jim Harbaugh, and we know that Steve Wilkes is there as the interim coach. So, you know, Carolina—they're going to make a coaching change. And do you think that they want to go more of a high-profile guy? And what is the seriousness here—the level of of seriousness for having you know having conversation with Harbaugh and maybe hiring him as a head coach?
2: Well, I, I don't have any inside scoop on on what's happening back in Carolina, but. You know, I think any of the, the vacancies, uh, would, would probably, and, and probably already has, um, reached out to, to Jim Harbaugh in some way, shape, or form. It would not surprise me at all. Um, you know, I think he'd be a great fit in Indianapolis for, for obvious reasons. He's got a connection with Jim Ursay. He's in their ring of honor or whatever they call it up there. Right. Um, you know, I, th- I think he'd be a great fit in Denver. Uh, from a lot of different perspectives, you know, I think that uh, any of those organizations, if they're really doing thorough search, which you've got to believe they are, they're going to reach out to guys like Harbaugh and see if he's interested. Um, you know, Harbaugh, Jim and I, you know, we came out together uh, same year in 1987 and, um, you know, he was a first rounder. I was a fourth rounder, but we, you know, we, we butted heads at Notre Dame in Michigan. He was there with Bo Shenbeckler. I was at Notre Dame with, with Lou Holtz. And then we had many battles over the years in the NFL as well. Uh, I just sit here and it just, it just drives me crazy how every year he gets himself into these conversations <laughs> and, and, uh, just kind of leaves you know, leaves all the Michigan faithful hanging. And, uh, whether he has the, the, uh, you know, the the guts without lack of a better term to make a decision like this, I, I don't know. Um, I really felt that after he signed the extension last year, that he would be finishing out his career at Michigan. There wouldn't be any more of these conversations. Here we are a year later and having the same conversation. So I don't know how serious he is about it. Um, Uh, I would love to know. I'd love to pick his brain, but he won't, he won't tip his hand to me, uh, or anybody else for that matter. So you got to believe that he's at least entertaining that thought. And I think it'd be a a major win if Carolina could pull that off. But I would, I would really feel bad for Michigan, uh, if he were to leave after uh, all the things that he said over the last year after he signed that last extension.
0: And here's the thing, though. He, he doesn't squash these things. You know, last year he didn't squash no, he it. He, didn't squash, he hasn't squashed it this year. And now, of course, you know, today and yesterday we're, we're hearing uh, the rumblings out of Ann Arbor that Michigan could be on probation for, I guess, several different violations. So do you yeah. think maybe Harbaugh is saying, hey, okay, I'm getting out of here. We've seen coaches do this before where they bolt out of the college game or go to another school or, or, or leave the profession or go to a different league when they know something might be coming down the pike here.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I read that today as well, and it caught me off guard And that kind of, you got to believe that Jim obviously knew uh, or, or, or is very aware of the fact that this has been going on and that this investigation is gonna is taking place or is going to take place, whatever it might be, um, I, to be honest, I would lose a lot of respect for for Jim um, if if in you know and they made it very clear in the article that 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 uh, that I read that it, it doesn't necessarily point at him as being part of the investigation. If this investigation is going on, if Michigan is found guilty, it's not definitely an indictment of of Jim Harbaugh himself. But uh, you got to believe that as the head coach of a program with that profile. Uh, that he, um, had to in some way, shape or form, um, you know, have some kind of tie to whatever was going on. And, and to me, it just seems like a, a, a pretty, um, you know, unprofessional or. Um, I don't know what the right word would be but to, to leave Michigan hanging after uh, what he's done for that school getting him back on top and then maybe being a part of of uh, you know whatever the, it is that the investigation is has unearthed um, I think I, I just I have a hard time you know me I, I'm more of a, a you know um, traditionalist I I believe in um, you know standing up and kind of owning things and you um, trying to make them right i just i would have a hard time if he bolted in this situation
0: now we're i I don't know how accurate this is or not steve but you know of course you know on this show it's you know always comes back to food (laughs) we are hearing that the rumors (laughs) swirling around this is that it's a violation because jim harbaugh bought a recruit a hamburger at brown jug you familiar with brown jug I'm not familiar
2: with Brown Jug. Yeah. Unfortunately, it sounds, it sounds like I
0: should be. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not real familiar with Brown Jug either. Uh, you know, I'm looking at pictures of uh, of the Brown Jug there, so I, I don't know. It sounds like uh, it was a burger spot or whatever, but uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, I don't know how and much time you spent in Ann Arbor.
2: That's what they're saying part of the yeah. the, of the investigation is for the primary part of it? Yeah, that's
0: what they said, yeah. The level one NCAA oh, violations for buying a recruit a hamburger at Brown Jug. There you go. NCAA found a receipt, and then Harbaugh wasn't honest about it.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. So, so, it, it, <laughs> Burger gate now. Burgergate,
0: very nice, my friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. its, it's
0: just—it's crazy. Yeah, it
2: just baffles me. However, year we're having these conversations uh, with a guy that that has made, you know, uh, uh, obviously a, a fortune and deservedly so uh, because of his performance and and um, you know the, the fact that he's such a desirable uh, candidate from from a successful perspective, but. Um, I just I get kind of tired of talking about this every year, you know.
0: It is crazy. Steve Berline joins us. All right, man. Let's talk about NFL Week 18. Uh, I want to know how many times uh, did you play in a meaningless game in the last week of the season, and what's that like?
2: You know, uh, more times than I would like to admit, probably. Yeah. So, right. Right. But uh, you know, and I think everybody, unless you're with one of the, um. You know, one of the teams that that, that perennially uh, is competing for a championship during the time that he played, which you know, very few people uh, on an on an annual basis are you know are are, are playing on a great uh, football team that's either you know a lock for the playoffs or in the, the playoff conversation. But uh, I would say during my 17 years, there were probably uh, I would say five five years where. Uh, we had been eliminated probably going into the, the final week of the season. And, uh, you know, it's tough. But but the guys that, that last in the NFL are guys that understand that uh, you got to finish it out. And, uh, you know, it's changed a lot. The league has changed a lot. We know that uh, with, uh, um, you know, contracts and guys, uh, you know, um, you know, um, maybe milking an injury situation or finding a way to get out of putting themselves at risk in a contract year. Uh, that kind of stuff didn't happen nearly as much back in the, in the days when we played, but uh, you're still going out there playing for pride. You're going to be on film. Uh, you're playing for your job. You're playing for the next coach uh, that might be coming in. If there's a possibility that there might be a, a coaching change made. So, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for these guys to get uh, to get ready to play a Week 17 game, even if they're not in the, the playoff conversation because uh, they're professionals and they're paid to do their job to the best of their ability and they're expected to go out and put forth that effort.
1: Steve, uh, Marco here. I always thought that it would be hard. It's never easy in that scenario that you just played out. But if you are a team that has been a perennial playoff team, and in this year, we have the case of the Rams that were the Super Bowl champ and go to not making the playoffs. Would that be harder for that locker room to go out on week 17, especially, you know, you're playing a division rival, at least in this point, you get misery loves company. You can knock Seattle, you know, out with a win. Uh, how does that, when you're used to winning and not the following year?
2: Well, that, that, that's a, that makes it much tougher and, and, you know, especially when you got uh, some of your leaders, your superstars uh, i.e. Matthew Stafford and, and Aaron Donald. I don't think Aaron Donald I don't expect to see him coming back this week. I don't know if they've ruled him out or if they said he's going to play. They
0: list him as uh, questionable, be, yeah, So, which is kind of unusual that, yeah, you know, that he's questionable. Yeah,
2: I would be surprised. He may be in uniform and maybe play a very limited number of snaps. Um, but You know, what I would say is that that, that's a team, as you, as as you just said, Marco, that that won the Super Bowl last year. And so they've got to have a lot of pride in that locker room. And, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they've been decimated by injuries with Cooper Cup and, uh, you know, they've got Baker Mayfield playing at quarterback now. They've had all kinds of different challenges throughout the course of the year. But, um, I think that, that, that Sean McVay's, uh, battle call is going to be a rally call is going to be hey this is a division rival that that uh you know halfway through the season everybody thought was going to make the playoffs they're still alive let's just let's just send them into their off season with an absolute uh, disaster of a a week 17 scenario let's let's bury these guys and 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 and, and set the tone for next year When, uh, you know, we go into Seattle or whatever, we're going to, we're going to see these guys next year. We're healthy and we're, we're back on top and uh, let's make a statement to them. And I would expect, I'm picking the Rams to win that game in Seattle. I really, I really like the Rams going up there and winning. I'm not a believer in, in what Seattle's done this year. Geno Smith has had an incredible year, but, uh, you know, they've lost what four of their last six games. Um, their, their, their most recent win over the Jets, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm not impressed with them at all. And I, I think the Rams can and will go up there and beat
0: them. It's yeah. yeah. We all like the Rams uh, there. Uh, let me go, go back to your, your playing days. Were you ever in a situation where you were playing when you're a quarterback in a team and you're playing a team on the last week of the season that has nothing to play for, where the game really meant a lot to your team? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I can think of some times when that happened for sure. Okay. Um, I'd have to go back and really study it, but but yeah, I mean, uh, those are the kind of matchups that you like, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're a team that uh, is is either in uh, the playoffs already or playing for positioning in the playoffs, um, and you, you're you're going against a team that's already been eliminated, uh, you feel like you got a significant advantage uh, for sure, and you go into that game, you know, with the attitude of hey, let's get up on them quick and uh, just just make it very clear that. This is not going to be their day, and um, you know the, those are the kind of you know uh, games that you really you really want to be in position where your the schedule favors you in that way, and um, you know you can uh, feel good about going into that last game that you can if you just go out and do your job. You're going to find a way to win that football game. So, but you know I, I've been in that situation a few times as well. But um, either way, the bottom line is you, you know. The, the common theme here is you've got to find a way to get yourself ready no matter what your situation is. Week 17 uh, is your last chance to make an impression on that football team or on the rest of the league for the following year. And uh, If you go out and lay an egg or show up not ready or have a bad attitude, that's going to come back and haunt you at some point, most likely.
0: Steve Berline uh, joins us here at the uh, Westgate inside the world-famous Superbook talking about the final week of the NFL's regular season. Steve, there's a lot of talk out there, and this kind of talk kind of cracks me up, and as a former player, quarterback like yourself, I really want your take on this. You know, battle for the number one overall pick when you're talking about teams like Houston and the Chicago Bears. Now, Houston's playing Indianapolis. Uh, The Bears are playing Minnesota this week. Talk is that, okay, Chicago sitting in the number two spot right now, and Houston, obviously the worst team in the NFL, could have the number one pick. And there are people that think, oh, yeah, well, you know, Houston, you know, they're not going to want to win this week. I laugh at that, and I scoff at that, especially a guy like you know, Lovey Smith, is coaching this Houston-Texas team, and they play hard week in and week out. Now, we know that there could – we've heard there's discussions, you know, the front office and with coaches and coaches' players, that sort of thing. I mean, have you ever been or have you heard of a situation like this where, you know – a a team or a coach just wants to get the season over with and and players or coaches are not going to try, try to win a game.
2: Well, I can guarantee you there are no coaches or players that feel that way at all. Right. Um, there, there might be situations where management, uh, the GM and the, the president and the owner of the, of a team, uh, you know, thinks that way. And maybe, they'll um, mandate something to the head coach that certain players aren't going to play um, or, um, you know, who, who knows what, what could go on. I'm not going to imply any knowledge of anything um, implicating anybody of doing this in the past, but I, I believe that kind of stuff does happen for sure. But now whoever the coach is out there on the field with, that coach is coaching them to win, and those players are trying to win. Uh, you can find all kinds of examples where teams literally, uh, for lack of a better term, screwed themselves out of the first pick by pulling off an upset in week 17 or week 16, whatever, whatever year you go back to. And, um, it just shows you that, that, uh, you, you can't, you can't stop a coach from coaching. You can't stop a, a player from playing. Anytime they suit it up and there's a game and there, there's 60 minutes on that clock. They're going to go out there and they're going to sell out and give it all that they've got no matter what. And I'm telling you, think about this from the perspective of the coach. The coach, you know, if, if you're sitting there and you're the Houston Tech, you're Levy Smith or you're, you're the Bears coach and you, you're sitting there and everybody's talking about you tanking it and you, you know, you very well may be fired after this season anyway. Um, so, you know, why would, why would you go out there and, and, uh, do anything less than, than, give your best in that situation and try to prepare your team to win. Um, You know, if if your GM comes up to you and you're the head coach and he says, hey, I want you to lose, I want you to tank this game, um, you know, I mean, what would you do as a head coach? Say, okay, I'm going to go out there and, <laughs> and purposely lose the game.
0: Yeah, no, and, I, I, and think yeah I think it's absurd. Yeah, I think
2: yeah, it won't happen. Right, I just, I just right. don't see that happening. Right. Um, and you know, some some of the stuff that's been leaked in recent years, I do believe those conversations do happen sometimes, but not with any of the really good established organizations mm-hmm. that that are 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 in the right place priority wise. Mm-hmm.
0: We go ahead and uh, look at uh, the final week of, of the season here. Just a couple quick games, Steve, uh, in your opinion. And the one that's uh, going to start off the action here at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow, the Chiefs, nine point favorite against the Raiders in this game. Uh, we saw the Raiders, they they had a great effort against the 49ers, but 49ers was too much when it came when it was all said and done. Jared, Jared Stidham, pretty good game, but uh, in the end, through the interception, Niners you know, got the victory. And, of course, the Chiefs here, you know, they're in a lot of one-score games. Ten of their 16 games have been one-score games. They struggled again against the lowly Broncos last week. What do you expect to see from the Chiefs and the Raiders tomorrow?
2: Well, you know the Chiefs have a lot to play for, obviously uh that that number one seed and all that you talked about all the you know all the uh, scenarios with uh, what has happened because of the uh, cancel game from last week with the bills and um you know the Bengals but uh the chiefs know that that uh, you know if they lose this game. They're going to have four losses, um, and, and that's going to come back to haunt him. So they're going to come out ready to play. Um, you know, I was really impressed with Stidham last week with the Raiders. Um, you know, I, I would not be surprised. If this is one of those classic Chiefs Raiders games, uh, that goes down to the, to the, to the buzzer. And, um, you know, but I just can't see the, the Raiders. Finding a way to pull this off over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I think that uh, I think that that nine point spread is a little is a little bit generous. Um, I, I would be very tempted to take the Raiders plus nine in that one because I think they're going to come out and play hard. And uh, you know, Stidham, uh you know wants to make another statement uh, by by his performance. And um, you know, they've got uh, Waller back and they've got Renfro back, and Devontae Adams uh, seemed like he played pretty darn hard last week, and I expect the same out of the Raiders this week.
0: Not sure what we're going to see with Josh Jacobs. Now, this guy's without a contract, and there was some rumblings that Zamir White is going to get a majority of the carries here. Wouldn't surprise me, maybe, if if Jacobs, we don't see Josh Jacobs tote the ball as much as we have. Again, this guy... You know, Raiders did not tender him a contract. He's the NFL's leading rusher at this point in time. So, you know, I don't know if we're going to see some selfishness from Josh, Josh Jacobs a little bit like, hey, man, I don't want to risk getting hurt. I mean, that was the whole reason the Raiders said, hey, we're not going to, you know, we're going to send Derek Carr off and not have him around the facility here. But uh, there is some talk there The Zamir White may get a, a bulk of the carries.
2: Yeah, that'd be interesting to see how that works out. I think uh, Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that, you know, especially in this modern NFL, um, you know, would would probably feel pretty strongly about, hey, I've made a really strong case for myself this year, the contract year, the Raiders didn't offer it to me uh, prior to the season, and uh, I'm in as good a position as I can be in right now. The only thing that could happen is, you know, I'd possibly go out and get hurt and, and put myself in a bad situation. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. I would be very surprised if that was something that, uh, the Raiders coaching staff and Josh McDaniel, uh, uh, decided that, that hey, we're going we're not gonna play you because we want to make sure you put yourself in the best situation, uh, contract wise going into the offseason. I think it would be Jacobs himself, uh, you know, limiting his reps or deciding not to play or whatever it might be. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't think the Raiders have any interest in, 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 uh, sitting him so he can, um, you know, go into the off season healthy and go get the best contract he can for <laughs> for somebody else. That would be um, very surprising to me if the Raiders uh, bought into that kind of a
0: mentality. Right, right. All right. He is Steve Berline, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, the college championship game on Monday with Georgia and TCU, and the final week here of the regular season with the hey. NFL.
2: Yeah, let me give you let me real quick I'll give you you told you I wasn't sure we were gonna get into it, but I got three NFL games that I like. I'll give you the things okay, so that I was like gonna, real so, quickly. So, Is that
0: all right? Okay, yeah, so I was gonna ask you if you know, when we come back from the break we, we're gonna do our best bet segment. I don't know if you got time to hang with this so you could officially partake, but if not, then if you wanna just you know, uh, give us give us your three before you go, it's entirely up to you, my friend.
2: Oh, I'll just tell you, I like Cleveland over Pittsburgh. I think that the way Deshaun Watson's playing, I think they're going to, they're going to take Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's minus two and a half. I think Cleveland wins that game outright. Right. I think Buffalo over New England is a, is a gimme. Uh, the seven points I'd, I'd be inclined to give to take Buffalo minus seven yep. for sure in that one. I think that's a, that's a good safe bet with what Buffalo's got to play for. And then my surprise one that I really like is I like Detroit over Green Bay, in Green Bay. And everybody's going to call me crazy, I know. But uh, I just really, I think that that the Detroit Lions are going to surprise everybody. They've been surprising everybody all year. I think they're going to show up ready to play. So, yeah, I think um, I think a I, lot
0: a lot of people you know are, are with you with that you know and I think some people are rooting for Dan Campbell as well too but you know, I agree I yeah. agree yeah I like Detroit plus five for sure okay and I wouldn't be surprised if they
2: win the game outright
0: all right man Georgia TCU who do you got officially here get two twelve and a half I'm, brother what side are you on
2: oh I'm going to take TCU plus twelve and a half there you go but Georgia to win but TCU plus twelve and a half.
0: All right, so there's Steve Berline. So we're looking, Marco. Is there any food bets here? I, I I don't think I'm I'm opposite Steve, so I can't even challenge him on a food bet. What about I'll, you? I'm with him on Detroit.
1: You're with him on Detroit. I am with Look him at on this. Detroit. I like
0: Detroit. We got no controversy here, Steve. We're always trying to find food bets here, you know. And, Marco, Love it. Love Marco, it. <laughs> and Marco's been the king of paying up on his food bets. He, hey, uh, he took Jay Schrader, your boy Jay Schrader, and I out for Mexican last week because uh, unfortunately we got the better of Marco.
2: Well wow, my and I'm sure Jay made him pay too. Jay, <laughs> they could put a, he could put a few burritos down. I know that. What Dude, are you taquitos, talking about? Maybe.
0: Yeah. What are you talking about? He went chicken fajitas for two by himself. There's no sharing. Really? Oh yeah. He, he said because you know you know the fajitas are usually shareable as you know, but Jay said, "Oh no, that's all. I, I got it handled." TC,
1: I've said you yeah. eat, you I, eat like an offensive lineman. Yeah. Yet, yet you're 100 and whatever soaking wet. <laughs> it makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, well TC, well, you know he, he's gonna he's gonna when he's got the opportunity to cash in on a bet, he's gonna go all out. I know that <laughs> much. He's gonna he's gonna get his money's worth for sure.
0: Listen, <laughs> I, I, I think I think we all are in that same realm here. Okay, so
2: yeah, I'm lucky. Uh, yeah all good. You're probably right.
0: Brother, I appreciate it as always, and uh, hopefully, we right, should, hopefully we can touch base with you next week as we get ready for some playoff football, but appreciate the time as always.
2: You got it. There you it got it. Take care. We'll
0: see you guys. Is Steve care. Berline, uh, the former quarterback himself. Super Bowl champion and of course then you look at him on Monday afternoon quarterback of the CBS Sports Network as well too. So great stuff and a longtime CBS football analyst. Got kind of Mike line there. See and see I have the we have this battle here all the time because he wants to be known as the quarterback of the show. Okay. But so does Jay Schrader. So, you know, I got to say these things when they're off the air. Like uh, who's like who's the real quarterback here? And you know, if you know the history between those two, uh, they were teammates together with the Raiders and competed it, for that number one spot. It was Jay that took his job. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: and I think we heard Jay talk about that
0: job. Right? That was
1: the Monday but, night game. The Wasn't it the the Monday they played Denver? That me- was the big comeback. Wow. You remember that? That was the big comeback.
0: Look at that. Yeah, yeah. I think Steve's still a little, uh, you know, not happy about that. No.
1: But, but I, I see how you kiss up to both, though. Of course, the, I, I, do. So of course you, I do. You do it well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hey, they're part of the team here. You know, again, a, a, a good coach has got right, to right. maneuver his roster, right? you got to keep everyone happy. You, you always playbacks. called
1: me handicapper extraordinaire, but I'm sure you use that on
0: Thursdays with Steve. I, with, I, uh, well, not well, Steve, Scott. What's his name? Scott, yeah,
1: Scott.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no check. let call him Scooter. <laughs> That's right. You guys, and I do say plural. You guys are handicapper extraordinaire. But now I've got to say, you know, one of our handicapper extraordinaires and one of our quarterbacks. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Good thing I don't have multiple point guards. Yeah. You know? Well, I think we might when we actually think about it. I'm you guys- just here to keep you in line. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we come back. Best bet time. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, in, in. Oh, coming your way. You know what that means? That is George yes, Clinton, is story, Parliament Funkadelic the in God. the Westgate oh. next Saturday crazy. night. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So, yeah. And if you want to go, we got tickets to give away. That's right, 702-221-7283. 702-221-7283. We will put you in the house. And if you're rolling here at the Westgate, we will take care of you as well, too. And we'll be doing a raffle next Friday's show to uh, get you in the house for George Clinton inside the International Theater at the Westgate here, in Las Vegas. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. I've worked with George Clinton on numerous occasions. Parliament Funkadelic, obviously. One of my, one of my favorites, Marco, and uh, George Clinton will be here at the International Theater next Saturday night. I know you want to go. I think Our I got other that. handicapper <laughs> extraordinaire, Scott Spicer, is dying to go. Dying to go? Absolutely. Wow. You, know, you, you guys' musical tastes are a little, <laughs> little, different. Bit, a little bit different, <laughs> you know. But you have a lot of similarities as well, too. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, George Clinton, get your tickets um, at Ticketmaster or here at the uh, Westgate. But uh, we've got tickets to give away this week and next week. All right, right now, best bet time. It's Football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. It is time for our best bets, our three best college pl- or three best uh, NFL plays, and then we'll give you an opinion on the national championship game, Georgia and TCU, Monday night. All right. Marco D'Angelo in the house with me here at the Superbook at the Westgate. Uh, All of the picks uh, up on the website, including our other handicapper extraordinaire, uh, Scott Spreitzer, Gilby the intern. You just heard Steve Berline's picks. And now, Marco, it's time for your picks. Let's go with the NFL, your three best for Saturday slash Sunday. It's week 18 in the NFL. We know it's a little bit tricky with some of these lines. We got a lot of meaningless games. What do you think of the board? It's tough. It's like, you know, walking through a
1: minefield. You got to be careful with this, uh, what you do. And one thing I'm going to say to people, just because it's a must-win game for somebody doesn't mean they're going to get it. They're in a must-win situation because they weren't good enough all season long to take care of business before this week. So uh, there are some flaws there. And understand, the books know who they're, where the money's going to come. You're going to bet the team that's in a must-win. That's human nature. So you're going to pay a price for those teams, and that's why a lot of times the value is in taking the dog in that game because you're getting more points than you should be getting. And sometimes and you know i hate it's a phrase i use all the time but teams play not to lose instead of playing to win you know get a little tighter not take the chances and that keeps the games close so i'm going to start with the first one i'm going with the rams i'm taking the rams plus the points yes seattle is in a must-win situation but they don't control their own destiny they got to win and then they got to get help at night with detroit beating green bay which is going to be ironic because if Seattle wins, they knock Green, they knock Detroit out, and then they're going to be rooting for them to help them. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, but I like him, and let's face it, Seattle's done a great job this year, Pete Carroll, but the defense can be beat. I think the Rams, Baker Mayfield, hey, whether you like him or not, he's had some decent games not knowing that offense, and the Rams are still trying. Take the Rams, I think they win this one. And for Geno Smith, Last week had to be pretty satisfying for him to beat the Jets, the team that drafted them and got rid of them. Play number two, I'm going to go to Carolina. Now, this is a totally meaningless game for both teams. But I feel Carolina is the team that was trying down the stretch more for their coach. I like what Wilkes has done. He's turned his team around after they fired Rule. Think about it. They fired the head coach. They put their quarterback that they just signed out on the front yard, free to a good home, and (laughs) traded away the best uh – Best running back, not going to say best running back in football, but their best player, Christian McCaffrey, who's been the difference maker for the 49ers. And his team still was in position to make the playoffs last week. I'm going to look for them to continue it this week. I'm taking them plus the points against the Saints. The Saints, TC, 21 or fewer points, seven of the last eight games. Do you really want to lay points with a team like that? No, thank you. No, I'm not there. And then the last one, whether it means something for them or not, The Detroit Lions, under Dan Campbell, they're not going to roll over and play dead. If Seattle stubs their toe in the afternoon, it's a meaningful game for Detroit. But don't think if they get knocked out that they don't want to take somebody with them. And they would be taking Green Bay with them to an early golf match if they uh, knock them out and detroit's eliminated so uh my suggestion i said in the earlier segment i like detroit but i am going to wait till sunday to bet it because i think you're going to get a better line on detroit come sunday because if they are eliminated people are going to feel oh they're going to roll over and play dead and more money is going to come in on green bay drive the line up the line's not going to come down so you're not going to lose value take detroit I think they beat Green Bay outright.
0: All right. Steve Berline and Marco D'Angelo both like the Detroit Lions. All right. I'm going to start with the, the Saturday games, and the first one is here at Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. It's the Chiefs and the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders are admirable against the 49ers last week, and a lot of effort was put out there, but, again, to no avail. It's the end of the season. On the flip side, the Kansas City Chiefs, They hosted the Denver Broncos, and Kansas City was in cruise control. We've seen the Chiefs kind of in cruise control a lot this year. Ten of their 16 games have been one-score games. We just haven't seen the blowout with the Chiefs. When we usually see that, it's against the Raiders. And I'm going to take Kansas City and lay it. The Chiefs are playing for meaningful football in the last week of the regular season because of the the Buffalo and the Cincinnati postponement or the cancellation now, as we see. So Kansas City is playing for that number one seed. If they win, they will have the number one seed. Lay the nine with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Raiders. Again, I just got to believe everything that the Raiders have been through this year. This is a team that is still void on defense. Uh, They're not going to have any answer for Travis, Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. And we've seen Kelsey and Mahomes have huge days against the Raiders. And we know what the Chiefs do against the fellow AFC West opponents. I'm not worried about laying nine. I understand the Raiders gave the 49ers everything they could, and they covered the same number against San Francisco at home last week, but not this week. Look for Kansas City to roll by double digits. And then, Marco, I think this is actually the the easiest game Uh, on the board, and a lot of people don't like to lay six and a half points with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I say lay it, because the Jacksonville Jaguars are probably playing some of the best football of any football team out there right now, and who's playing the worst? The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans do not have Ryan Tannehill, and as we know, it's a huge drop-off to quarterback number two. Well, that quarterback number two has been Malik Willis, and he has been horrendous. Then you go to Joshua Dobbs, who's quarterback number three, and then Joshua Dobbs came off a practice squad from another team. He's only been with the team for about 14 days now. Nothing is going to turn around for the Tennessee Titans in a win-or-take-all game. It is shocking that a team that's lost six games in a row that the Tennessee Titans have, that they are playing for a chance to go to the playoffs. No, Jacksonville's fired up. Trevor Lawrence is getting better and better every week. They have the much better coach over there as well, too. And Doug Peterson. Take Jacksonville. Remember what they did at Tennessee? They obliterated Tennessee weeks ago at Tennessee. Now they're at home. Jacksonville Jaguar fans were saying, We're going to the playoffs. You got that right. Lay the six and a half with the Jags. And then finally, as I mentioned earlier, I looked at this game with Buffalo and New England, and initially I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with the game. You know, you and I, Marco, were on the Buffalo Bills on Monday night, and the game got postponed, of course, because of the situation that happened with DeMar Hamlin. We didn't know what the Buffalo Bills mentality was going to be heading to this game. But then, when DeMar Hamlin awoke, arose, and got a chance to talk to his teammates today via FaceTime and Zoom, and just started flexing and said, I love you boys, and the and the the all the Bills players... And all the coaches were just high-fiving each other. They had smiles on their faces in this crazy five-day turnaround. That's when I said, give me the Buffalo Bills. I was going to play your Pittsburgh Steelers and lay the two-and-a-half against Cleveland. I said, take the Steelers off. Go, go, Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins this game in a It's just not the emotional part. But this is still, in my opinion, the best football team, not only in the AFC, but in football right now. I like them better than the Eagles. The 49ers I like as well, too. But the AFC, I clearly like Buffalo. And uh, Buffalo is at home. New England has been a mess. I still think it's kind of a short price to pay for a team that is trying to claim the number one seed, and they have a chance to get it. So I like the Buffalo Bills tomorrow. Those are my three NFL plays. Marco, it's Monday night. It is the college football national championship game, my man. It's TCU. It is Georgia. Give us your best bet. For
1: Monday night. I'm going with the under in the game and we talked with John you know, they everybody remembers what they just saw and what they just saw were two games last weekend that went up and down the field remember, everybody thought Michigan was going to just run roughshod over TCU just play Big Ten football smash-mouth football, they never got the opportunity because they fell behind early in the game, and it dictated the flow of the game. Michigan had to start pushing, pressing the issue. They started blitzing and why they didn't quit, because how many big plays came about, because they came with the blitz and he got the pass off. The guy was in single coverage. You miss one tackle, and it's goodbye. And that's what happened. You had several 40-plus yards Uh, There were six turnovers in that game that set up scores. Two were pick sixes, immediate scores. I'm going under. Georgia is going to pound the rock. 40 carries or more on the ground for Georgia on Monday night.
0: I'm taking under 63. Under 63, and there are a lot of people that thought, hey, this this total is going to be high. I mean, after all, we saw nearly 100 points in the both games, but you're right. I mean, that was a little, you know, aberration to to a certain degree. But uh, it is college football. The cr- track will be clear and fast. They're playing in SoFi Stadium, uh, not in a dome. So we'll see. Maybe a, a little bit lower scoring game. I could see it with that. Marco's taking the under. I am taking my namesake. I'm taking those horn frogs. I'm taking TCU plus the 12 and a half and this is a team that you and I both have talked about. We played TCU on him against him. I know this team very very well. Max D- Duggan has been fantastic at the quarterback spot. This, the only way TCU does not cover this 12 and a half is if they turn the ball over. And they have not been a turnover machine. Believe it or not, TCU is a pretty sound, disciplined football team. Not a whole bunch of penalties with these guys as well, too. And Sonny Dykes, offensively, he has been phenomenal. And usually we see with Sonny Dykes' teams, kind of like Mike Leach's team, may he rest in peace, they can get up and down the field, but the defense is questionable. Well, TCU, as we know, under Gary Patterson, has most of those players are still there. And TCU has been a strong defensive football team And even though they won 51-45 last week, they were the more physical team. They beat Michigan down last week. Yes, you could say that Michigan, you know, that uh, uh, that McCarthy threw two interceptions. But I give TCU credit for picking those, uh, you know, picking those passes off as well, too. Special teams are pretty solid as well, too. I think this number is too high. And I go back to Georgia. It is so tough to go back-to-back in any sport. And most people say, yeah, Georgia's not going to go back-to-back. They nearly didn't last week. Ohio State nearly won the game outright. They definitely covered the game, and there's really no doubt that Ohio State was not going to cover that football game, and I think Ohio State possesses a lot of the same skills that TCU has offensively, so I like TCU to not only cover this game, but it would not surprise me if they are sitting there at the 50-yard line at SoFi Stadium, and we've got purple and white confetti. It it would not surprise me at all. There's more and more parity in college football, in college basketball, year in and year out. This TCU team has guys that are going to be playing on Sunday afternoon, too, just like Georgia. This is not the same Georgia defense that we saw last year. I'm still not 100% sold on Stetson Bennett. And remember, they've got injuries on both sides of the football as well, too. This game should be fought fought very closely. It'd probably be a little bit more low, low scoring like you're talking about, Marco, which would play into the favor of your betting TCU. But I will continue to ride this wave with the Horned Frogs. And again, they have not shown me anything to say this is a fluke. This is not a fluke. This is a team that's 13-1 and one right now. Okay? And that one loss okay, was to K-State in the Big 12 championship game. Hey, I know we had K-State. Or I had K State in that game. I K-State. Yeah, we both had K State in that game. So, I think I know you know when to get on TCU, when to go off them. But I think there's a lot of value here, and again, they're playing with house money. They're going to be playing loose. I'll take the Horn Frogs plus a 12 and a half. All right. Uh, our other handicappers, you can check out their picks uh, up on the website uh, as well, too. Go to tcmartinshow.com under the Best Bets tab and check all that out. And, uh, of course, everything else up there as well, too. Our interview with Houston Nutt, uh, current interview page, the past interview page, the classic interview page uh, with the great guests that we have on the show week in and week out, or I should say each and every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time here. And, of course, our Friday home here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. All right. Uh, quick look at a couple of the other games, uh, Marco. You heard me talk a little bit about uh, the Buffalo Bills. Any thought about the two games involving the teams that did not play on Monday night, actually the postponement game. So you got New England, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati.
1: I think Cincinnati will roll this week. Buffalo is, You've got no Lamar Jackson again, and they just can't move the football. Um, Cincinnati's been playing great football down the stretch. They know that they need to win if they want to get an opportunity to get into that AFC championship game and get it on a neutral field. Mm -hmm.
0: I'll say this about uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. they're been firing on all cylinders. Of course, they had the postponement on Monday, but I think they're regrouped. They're ready to to, to play. And what said a lot to me was when the NFL competition committee uh, met, and then the NFL owners, you know, met. Uh, earlier this morning to decide what they're going to do about the playoff scenarios involving the Bengals and the Chiefs and and the Bills, which we mentioned earlier uh, we could have an AFC Championship game maybe here in Las Vegas. It's going to be on a neutral field if these teams are involved. The Cincinnati Bengals ownership said do not vote for this proposal. This is not right. And we're not, and we understand everything that happened with Buffalo. We were involved in that game, but you got to go back to the rules. Kind of what John Murray said. You have house rules. The NFL is changing their rules here, and they should probably stick with their rules and just say, okay, it's straight win percentage. And Cincinnati will could be the odd team out of this. So they're playing well right now. They're playing great football and they're fired up right now. I think they're going to use this to their advantage. I think they roll over Baltimore. And this is more of an anti-Baltimore play. You know, Pittsburgh beat Baltimore as we well know. We talked about it uh, on Monday show. And uh, this Baltimore team is averaging 12 points per contest, especially you know when you have uh, Huntley that is their quarterback. Here's a stat for you: Huntley's thrown 112 passes, two touchdown passes. That's one out of every 56 passes this guy gets a touchdown. That's not going to work. It's not going to work against Cincinnati against their defense. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. I agree. I think, and I'm very tempted to use this as part of my best bets too. The line is climbing up to seven and a half now, but Cincinnati is at home. I think they're going to be hungry, ready to go. I like both Buffalo and Cincinnati in these spots. I'm going to have teasers <laughs> with those. With you,
1: absolutely. With just you. to happen to yeah. win, and don't forget, add one thing to the Baltimore. They did play Pittsburgh last week, and you know how physical the yep. Pittsburgh-Baltimore games yep. are. They're beat up yep. going into this one mm-hmm. in Cincinnati because they didn't play actually is a fresher team you know they only played half a
0: quarter we've talked about this before and it bears to talk about again there's a, a crazy stat or a trend that's out there the team that play that has played the san francisco 49ers the week before has lost and not covered and i believe it's like 13 or 14 weeks in a row something ridiculous like that well that falls into the raiders situation as well here too so i i do like i said uh the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot. What about you?
1: I agree with you and add to the Raiders they're playing on a short week because they're playing on Saturday after Correct. playing that physical game. Mm-hmm. Makes it even tougher.
0: Alright. Uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville any thought? I disagree
1: with you on that one. Okay. I, I think Tennessee's I, I think this is going to go right down to the wire. I think it's going to be a field goal game either way and I'm taking the points only because Tennessee is still the the champ of that division, until they're knocked off. Mm -hmm. And I want to see Jacksonville take that next step. They haven't done that. We saw that happen last week where Carolina came in playing better than Tampa, but they weren't in that position before Tom did what Tom does and found a way to win a game.
0: You mentioned you like the Rams. I like the Rams as well, too. I I did that on T.J. Reeves' uh, podcast on our BetUS TV with – his three dog Thursday show. I made the same case that you that you made, and uh, along with uh, Steve Berline. I think the Rams, they could win this game outright. And again, Seattle has been nothing special at all. Uh, they're on the downside here as well, too. Wouldn't surprise me if Mayfield shows up. And we know the Rams usually play the Seahawks tough, but different Rams team. They're depleted, but they still have played hard the last few weeks.
1: They have. Last week they had a bad game, but let's face it, they came off that laugher on Christmas yep. Day where they scored 51. I, I agree with you. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, real quick. Going with your hometown? Going with my hometown, but I really, I just. The play the play is to take the tease, right? Take Cleveland up. That's the play, because it'll be Pittsburgh's not going to have a big market. It's short
0: though, two and a half
1: point spread for the Steelers. It is short, but you tease it up to eight and a half, and I don't see Pittsburgh winning by
0: double digits. Right. Okay. All right. Marco, appreciate it as always, my friend. We'll look forward to gathering on Monday for the uh, college championship game between Georgia and TC. Wanna thank Num Chuck back in the studio uh, and everyone else out there for listening. Again, you miss any part of the show, go to the website, TC Martin Show. As we head out with a little George Clinton Parliament funkadelic, going to be here inside the International Theater uh, next Saturday night. And uh, don't forget, the International Theater is your place to come watch the games here on Saturday and Sunday, especially on Sunday, and, of course, the world-famous Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. For Marco, Steve Berline. want to thank him for joining us as well, too. TC Martin saying so long. Go to the website if you miss anything. Wherever you get your podcast, go check it all out at TC Martin Show. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. We're back at it Monday at two.